0: Shalom, and welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. The title of this message is, The Secret Place. And what I want to encourage you in today, and remind you of, is that our Father, our Creator, Abba, is calling you to the secret place. In Song of Solomon 2.14, it is written, In the secret place, let me see your voice, Let me see your face. Your face is lovely and your voice is sweet. Song of Solomon is ultimately a picture of our Savior, Yeshua, calling forth his bride, drawing his bride to himself. And I believe this is a word straight from our Messiah, Yeshua. Let me read that again in the secret place. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely." Our Savior, our living God, likes to see our face, and He likes to hear our voice. And it's very special to Him when we do it in a secret place, a place set apart just for that purpose. And then in Isaiah 51, verse 2, it is written, "'Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you. I called him alone. I increased him, and I blessed him." And in Isaiah 41.8, Jehovah himself refers to Abraham as his friend. So Abraham, the friend of Elohim, is called alone. Before Jehovah blessed him, and increased him, and multiplied him, he was alone with the living God, with the Creator. I called him alone. It's a call. It's a call to every believer. Our Father is calling us to the secret place. And I believe one of the most dramatic examples of this is found in Exodus 33, with Moses and Joshua and the children of Israel. Now, Exodus 33, but before I go there, we know from the scriptures that Yeshua often went off by himself to a deserted place to pray. He was off talking to the Father, receiving strength, worshiping the Father, letting the Father see his face and hear his voice, away from distractions, away from other people, away from the daily living." And that's what we see here in Exodus 33. The setting here is the children of Israel have come out of bondage in Egypt. Father has brought them out to Mount Sinai. Father has spoken to them the covenant that he had prepared for them. And the whole camp was set up. Now, some people say this was at least three million people, and it is likely it was that many. A camp of three million people. That's a large camp. That is many tents. In the center of this was the tabernacle with the Holy of Holies, the holy place, and the outer court, and all the activity of the sacrifices. Uh, the tabernacle with its uh, walls and priests, and high priest, and the Ark of the Covenant, that was in the center of the camp. And all of the tribes of Israel, Israel were camped around that central place. So, Jehovah, in the way they set up their camp, was saying, I'm to be central to your lives. Uh, when you wake up each day, you'll face the center, and you'll you'll know that I'm there, because the pillar of cloud was there uh, by day, and the pillar of fire was there by night. So. You can imagine with three million people, it's a a city with a central hub and many people doing many things, uh, going out to gather the manna every day and family life, religious life, governmental life. And then we hear in Exodus 33, 7, Moses did something interesting. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp far from the camp, and called it the Tabernacle of Meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought Jehovah went out to the Tabernacle of Meeting, which was outside the camp. Meeting with who? Meeting with Jehovah. Meeting with their Savior, the one who had brought them out of Egypt. Meeting with the friend of Abraham, their father. This was called the Tabernacle of Meeting, and it was far from the camp. And one of the main reasons it was far from the camp for Moses, Moses went into the camp every day. Moses was the shepherd of over 3 million people. Moses had established 70 elders to help him in this process. And in a sense, he was the president. Uh, he was the uh, apostle, the, the senior pastor, and all of the above for these people. Moses had a busy day. But at the end of his day, he went out far from the camp to meet with Jehovah. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose. Each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of that tabernacle, and Jehovah talked with Moses. So when Moses went into the tabernacle way outside the camp, the pillar of fire lifted, and the pillar of cloud lifted from the main tabernacle and went to where Moses was meeting with Elohim. This was a secret place. This was outside his daily life. This was separated from other people. Father called Moses into that secret place every day. And verse 10, all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man at his tent door. So Jehovah spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. The people knew what was going on. The people stood and watched. Uh, It does say there that those who sought Jehovah would go out to that tent. But we see here, in my mind says, the majority of people were happy to stand at their tent door and watch Moses go talk to God. And there's a whole message there, by the way. There are people, even today, that rejoice and worship because God is meeting with our leader. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't believe it's the highest form of the Christian life on earth, but we can rejoice. We can worship God and be thankful when our Father is talking to our leader, uh, an, an apostle, a pastor, a worship leader, elders. And in the midst of that, Father is calling those people to a deeper walk. He's calling them to the next step. He's calling them to the secret place. To be not just someone that's rejoicing that someone else is in the secret place with Father, but to take that next step and to go out seeking Father and find him in that secret place. And maybe that's you. Uh, Maybe you've been a Christian your whole life. And maybe you enjoy gathering together at church with other believers and you rejoice when, when your pastor has a good word or when the worship leader uh, has a good song. And you can worship. You can worship with those songs. And you can worship and praise God when the message is good coming from your pastor or someone you might see on the Internet. Uh, and that's all good. Now, Father is calling you to the secret place. And maybe you've never been to a secret place with Father. Don't be afraid. Father loves you. He's your shepherd. He made you. He redeemed you. He is calling you to that secret place. Now, Yeshua said this in Matthew 6. He said, when you pray. The context there is, first of all, he said, when you do charitable deeds. He said, when you pray and when you fast. He didn't say if. So we see out of this in Matthew 6, our Savior's expectation of those who are his that we will do charitable deeds, that we will do good things, that we will pray and that we will fast. And specifically there when Yeshua said, when you pray, he said, go into your closet and the Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. The Father is in the closet. The Father is in the secret place. That's the next step for us. Worship and meeting with our Father in the secret place. Now, two things about the secret place. Number one, Father's calling us there. And number one, it's a place of worship. Our Father is worthy of all praise. It says in Psalm 33, verse 1, Rejoice in Jehovah, O you upright. Rejoice in Jehovah, O you righteous. So we are going to the secret place to rejoice in our Savior, our Father, and to worship Him. In Revelation chapter 4, we see all the beings of heaven, the cherubim, the seraphim, the angels, the elders, the great cloud of witnesses, the people that are there, bowing, bowing down on their knees, on their faces, before this great and almighty God who sits upon the throne. And then in chapter 5, it says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the one who sits upon the throne. There's a worthiness and our stepping away, out getting out of our camp, so to speak. Moses' camp was that which I described. Your camp is your daily life. It's your family. It's your work. It's where you live. It's where you worship. It's the things you do when you're not at work. It's your mind. It's your heart. It's the people that you love. It's uh, daily life and the things that come at you. And the secret place is the place where you step away from that. Yeshua called it a closet. And uh, Song of Solomon, it was in a cave. Uh, but that is the place. And we go there because Father's calling us there. And we go there because he's worthy. And then, number two, Father is calling you to the secret place. He wants to draw you away and he wants to speak to you. In essence, you are the tabernacle of meeting. The tent Moses established far outside the camp, they called it the tabernacle of meeting. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But if we're distracted, if we're giving our whole heart and mind and soul to the cares of this life, then we're not a tabernacle of meeting because we're not taking the time and the place away to meet with Father. Let me say that again. Father wants to draw you away and He wants to speak to you. This requires time and it requires a place of separation. And just a note here, fasting helps. Fasting helps get you into that secret place. It helps with the time aspect and it helps with the separation aspect. If you you would just think about your life How much time do you take every day preparing and eating food? Or if you're eating out, that takes time as well. Um, Let's say it's a half an hour, three times a day. That's an hour and a half. That When you're fasting, you have an hour and a half for your father. Or even if it's 20 minutes three times a day, that's an hour. You can carve out some time. And you can carve out a separation from your world through fasting. Now, let me give you a couple of examples from my life. First of all, uh, an example from the closet. Probably 15 years ago now, uh, when I was living downstate, I live in Michigan's Upper Peninsula now, and we call the Lower Peninsula Downstate. We, we literally had a closet. We had a two-story house, and upstairs we had a side closet. Uh, so it had a sloping roof in this closet, and I would, you, know, you might call it an attic, but we called it the, the closet. I had a chair in there, and I would go in, and I had a prayer rug where I'd kneel down, and I would kneel before the Lord, and I would sit in that chair, and I would pray. I would separate myself from, the, from work, from the family, from entertainment, from other things, and I would just spend time with the Father there. And I remember one of those days that uh, this voice came into that closet. I believe it was an angel who spoke this to me. And this is what the angel said to me, Daniel, Yeshua did not die to redeem servants to God. God has many servants. They're called angels. Yeshua died to redeem sons to God. Now, that has stayed with me because it speaks to my identity. Uh, As a pastor, as someone who's been involved in volunteer ministries, as a father, uh, I do see myself, father and a husband, I do see myself as a servant of God. But that day, I was being told that I am a servant, and I'm more than that. I'm a son. I'm a son who was worthy in the eyes of God, not worthy because of what I'd done, but worthy because of my identity as a son. I was a lost son, I was a rebellious son, I was a sinful son, but still a son. And that has broadened my horizons to know that I'm a son of Jehovah, a son of my Abba Father, and Yeshua died to redeem us as sons and daughters. But I give you that as an example of how Father wants to draw you away, and he wants to speak to you. And then the second example, uh, I'm involved in prayer walking, and prayer walking began for me as a closet. Uh, When my wife, Laura, and I had our first son, Kevin, um, when you have a baby in the house, it can be hard to get away, and it can be hard to be quiet. And that was the case with our newborn. And I remember, uh, instead of going into one of the spare bedrooms to pray, I would go for a walk. It was a place to be separate. It was a place to be alone with Father and to tune out all the distractions. Now, and just before you get critical here, uh, I helped Laura with the baby. I was there for her, and, and I was an active part in raising our son. It's just that for an hour every day, and Laura supported me in this, I needed to get away so that I could talk to Father. And in one of those times of prayer walking, Father himself came to me and he spoke these words. He said, I'm always with you, Daniel. Every breath you take, I'm the breath in your lungs. Every step you take, I'm the ground under your feet. Every sight you see, the trees, the sun, the sky, the clouds, the animals—I made it, and I am in it. Now, that's not some New Age thing—that uh, you know, God's in a tree and and God's in the gravel on the ground. That's not what He was saying. He was saying that He's the source of everything I see and everything I experience. He did make it, so there is a part of God that is all, in all of His creation. It says in. In uh, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the earth shows his handiwork. That's what he meant there. And he just was assuring me that everything that I experienced, he made it. It's his. And so it. everything reminds me that he is always with me. That was the first part of that statement. I am always with you, Daniel. There's nowhere I can go. There's nothing I can see. There's nothing I can experience that will separate me from my father and from his love, so those are two examples of how Father has drawn me away and spoken to me. And just with that prayer walking example, um, it took perseverance because that was the day that I prayer walked all day. I walked eight hours that day and prayed, and it was just at the very end of the day when He spoke that to me. And I've wondered sometimes, you know, why didn't You say that to me in the first hour? Why didn't you, Why did You say it in the last hour? And I realize now that uh, Father was with me all day that day. He heard my prayers, he informed my prayers, he honored them. And at the end of the day, he was reassuring me that my perseverance, my persistence in the secret place is what brings forth his voice. Now, just something practical. What do you do when you get to this secret place? It requires that you carve out some time, and that you find a secret place, what do you do when you get there? Well, number one, let the Holy Spirit guide you. Start talking to the Holy Spirit. Yeshua said this in John 14:17. He said, the Spirit will be with you, and he will be in you. The Spirit of the living God is with you. It doesn't matter where you are in your faith walk. The Holy Spirit is with you. Start talking to him, and let him guide you. Number two, what do you do when you get to the secret place? Read the scriptures out loud. Prime the pump, so to speak. Get the ball rolling because Father ultimately gave us his word. It says in Matthew 4, Man does not live by bread alone but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of Elohim. So Father spoke all these words to all of these men throughout history. It's his word. I don't believe Father stopped talking at the book of Revelation. I believe he's still talking because Yeshua said, which proceeds from the mouth of God. But this is a good place to start. It can be worship, it can guide your worship as you're reading the scriptures, and it can open a door for father to speak to you out of the scriptures. And then three, what do you do when you get to the secret place? Wait, (laughs) wait, how can father talk to someone who's always talking and is never quiet? It says in Psalm 27 14, wait for Jehovah. Be of good courage and wait for Jehovah. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, for Jehovah. In that secret place, wait. Let him strengthen your heart. Have you ever tried to just sit quietly for two minutes? <laughs> it can seem like an endless amount of time. But as you develop your courage, as you develop your persistence, as you develop your worship and your desire to hear from God. He will speak to you. And so, let me go back to Song of Solomon 2.14. I believe that this is Father saying this to us. But in that secret place, say this to him. In the secret place, Father, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Take that scripture and pray it. Pray it consistently. Pray it persistently. Father, your voice is sweet. Let me hear your voice. Father, please, I've come to this place. Speak to me. This is a call to all of us. Maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, but you've never gone deeper with the Lord. Maybe you currently have an hour a day, a half hour a day that you spend with the Lord, spend in the scriptures spend with music. This is for all of us, whether we've been a Christian for a day, a Christian our whole lives, no matter where we are in our walk with Yeshua, our Good Shepherd, this call to the secret place is for all of us. I'm realizing this, Father is never satisfied. Father is never satisfied. Father loves fruit. Father loves to see our face and hear our voice and if we give him a half hour he wants more if we give him an hour he wants more yeshua said this in matthew 16:24 if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me the ultimate call for every one of us is self-denial to take up our cross and follow after yeshua Now, we know that Yeshua, when He walked the earth, did not spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week in prayer. He spent a lot of time in prayer, but He had other things. So, I'm not saying that if you're spending 20 minutes in prayer right now that God's not pleased. I said He's not satisfied. (laughs) There's a difference. Father is pleased with you if you do this once a week. Father is pleased with you with your faith in Yeshua. If you have faith in Yeshua, His life, death, and resurrection, you're a new creature. And Father is pleased with you because He looks at you through Yeshua. And His Spirit resides with you and can be in you. I'm not saying Father's not pleased because He's pleased because of your faith. I'm saying He's not satisfied. He wants more. And if, if you don't move and give Him more, He's not going to zap you. He's not going to um, somehow discipline you. This is a call. This is a call from love. This is a desire of Father, simply to spend more time with you. Think about that in any relationship. Uh, your children, they want when you're raising your children, they want more time with you. Your spouse, they want more time with you. A good friend, they want more time with you. And so hear the call today. Your Father in heaven wants more time with you, and Father is calling you to the secret place. Shalom.